Welcome to Paranormal Things. I'm your host, Keith Frischkorn from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And today we're going to have Expedition Unknown, Season 4, Episode 7, After the Hunt, Travel Channel. And it's hosted by Josh Gates, so it's underway. Here you go. Expedition on the Great Women of Egypt. And joining me are the people who made all of this possible, the EXU team, as well as some very special guests. And we're also unveiling brand new discoveries from our expedition, including newly uncovered tombs. Hey, Miriam, acércate, que hemos encontrado... Found a coffin! Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I'll get down and dirty and make some incredible finds. That is beautiful. John and Maria will join us in a live video conference to tell us what's happened in Egypt after we left. Discovering tombs is absolutely jaw-dropping. I'll attempt to explain the science of how the pyramids have stood for 3,000 years. Evan, don't look so suspicious. We'll also take a never-before-seen look at where the possible mummy of Nefertiti was actually found. This is a burial chamber fit for a king. And most importantly, we're going to talk about what happened in the Cairo Museum once we lifted that glass case. The results are historic, and they're actually right inside this box. So call your mummy and tell her to tune in. (laughs) No? Nobody? Well, it's a mandated mummy joke. It's out of the way. This is Expedition Unknown's Egypt After the Hunt. We've got a lot to cover and a lot to reveal. And to help with that, I'm joined here in our headquarters by the Intrepid Expedition Unknown team. How's everyone doing tonight? Good. Yes. Thank you all for being here. You look rested. You look showered. It's an unusual sight for me. This is what happens when we get a couple of days off. Yeah, you guys clean up great. And to walk you around the room, we've got our co-executive producer, Bree Tisdale. We've got our supervising producer, Joe James. We've got the eyes behind the lenses, our directors of photography, Evan B. Stone and Brian Weed. And uh, Tom Quinn here is our writer and story producer. And we have with us noted Egyptologist, Dr. Kathleen Martinez. How are you, Kathleen? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. She's here tonight to offer her expert insight into our ancient women of Egypt. Okay, so now that you've seen part one of our special, what questions do you have? Join the conversation on Twitter at Travel Channel, or you can reach me at Joshua Gates. Just be sure to use the hashtag ExpeditionUnknown. Also, you can check out our Egypt trivia by following Travel Channel on Instagram. Okay, so let's dive in and discuss the big final moments from tonight's show, the possible mummy of Nefertiti. This is obviously a big deal. Why do we think this could be the mummy of Nefertiti at all? How did this potentially history-changing body end up in a hallway of the Cairo Museum? We didn't reveal this in the main show, but here's a look at where the mummy came from. This is a tomb known as KV-35. It was found in 1898, and it was originally built to be the final resting place of a pharaoh named Amenhotep II. But in later dynasties, it was used as a mummy cache, a place to relocate mummies from other tombs. It also happens to be huge. It just keeps wow. going and going. Stairwell. Look at this absolutely beautiful this is a burial chamber fit for a king and so along with the royal mummy's burial in here in a side chamber just over here something really strange was found so 
Three mummies were discovered here. One was the mummy of the Pharaoh Akhenaten's mother. Another mummy was of a prince. And the third mummy, archaeologists called the Younger Lady. Now, here's what's incredible. A DNA test on this mummy revealed that she's also King Tut's mother. So, if Akhenaten is Tut's father, and the Younger Lady is Tut's mother, and Nefertiti was the chief wife of Akhenaten, could the younger lady be the lost mummy of Nefertiti? So having seen where the mummy came from, all we had to do was just get access to it inside of its protected glass case in the Cairo Museum. No big deal. Uh, Bree and Joe, this is where the two of you came in. Uh, how exactly did we pull this off again? Uh, honestly, it was really hard. I mean, I think it was the hardest thing I've ever produced. It was a lot of like schmoozing, uh, meeting people. And Kathleen, as someone who's been excavating in Egypt for a long time now, this must be familiar to you. There's a lot of negotiating that has to happen. Yes, of course. That's nothing easy. You have to negotiate, renegotiate, and even at the last moment, you don't know if it's going to really happen. Right. Which is what was scary for us, because it was months and months and months of this negotiating, and it was up until the moment you were standing in the museum filming, we didn't actually even know if we were going to be able to do it. it I was... mean, in the museum that day, I remember saying to all of you, here's what we're supposed to be doing. I have no idea if this is actually going to happen. So after a lot of talking and negotiating and begging, I think is the word, I think this might actually happen. So let's see. Here come our guys. Hi. Josh. Nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you. Well, you guys did a great job. Whatever schmoozing you did obviously worked. For me, for me, this experiment is really what's so exciting about Egypt. There are still big discoveries to be made. And over the last year, there have been some other absolutely astounding finds in Egypt that we want to share. Kathleen, you're our resident Egypt expert. What's been going on? So one of the most exciting potential discoveries in Egypt is in the tomb of King Tot. Uh-huh. Archaeologists have uh, used ground-penetrated radar, GPR, yep. and scanned the tomb. And look what they found. Potential hidden chambers beneath what we know is the tomb of King Tom. In the tomb? Inside the tomb. And Joe, I know that you were researching this as we got ready for the trip. What's the deal with the tomb? Um, there's a theory that the tomb is uncharacteristically small for a pharaoh, for a king of Egypt, and he died so young and so unexpectedly that they put him in there before they had you know, time to build him a proper tomb. Right. So the staircase leads down to an antechamber. Below that, there is a burial chamber and a treasury room. Okay. The scientists said that the radar detected two additional rooms behind the two walls of the burial chamber. Right. One of those could be a storage room. The other could actually contain the true mummy of Nefertiti. So what do you think? Is, is, are, are we looking for Nefertiti in the wrong place in the museum? Could she be in some secret chamber in Tut's tomb? I wouldn't bet on it. The first result of the GPR were too amazing. That's why the Egyptian government asked for a second radar, and the second was completely different. So the second test didn't detect hidden chambers? Anything. So there is a third GPR, which is going to come soon, to see, to verify which of those information is correct. So for now, it's still a mystery. Yes, everything is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, okay. And another discovery right after we left Egypt, I mean like like the day after we left Egypt, there was this big discovery at the Great Pyramid. Yeah, it was crazy. They found something in the Great Pyramids by using this scanning technology called muography. Which is a totally made up word. No. Muography no. is a technology that uses cows. 
to oh, detect no. hidden structures. It's utterly ridiculous. It's utterly yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, Brian. Brian's our, our uh, in-house tech expert, camera guru. Brian, explain muography to me like I'm eight years old. Okay. Super simple. Yes. Uh, it basically is detecting the integrated density of high-energy cosmic rays that when they collide with air molecules, it produces these subatomic particles. Brian, Brian. No, no, this is Brian. real. It's a real thing. Brian, we've talked about this. It's like taking an x-ray, but you're using space beams. Yes, that I can follow. Okay, so what happened? So this group um, called Scan Pyramids used this technology that Brian's talking about to scan the pyramid. 95% of these pyramids are stone. And there's only a few passages or chambers. But in this scan, they found a void in the center of the pyramid that shouldn't be there. And nobody knows why it's there. Okay, so Kathleen, what is it? Do you, do you think there is a void in the pyramid? Yes, the, the results are really serious. And everybody is really thrilled about this possibility. You have to remember that this pyramid, the biggest pyramid in Egypt, was built for King Khufu as a burial chamber. And his body has never been found. Who knows? It's a very important yeah. discovery. Right. Could be Incredible. Uh, so the question is, what do you do now? I mean, it's kind of like the world's biggest Jenga set. You know, if you start taking blocks out, the whole thing could collapse. And, you know, that would be very uncool. So what do we, how, how do you investigate it? Yes, it's a big decision. It's a very tough decision to make. I don't understand how these pyramids are still standing this is I'm, like the biggest question for evan he, the whole time we're at the pyramids evan over and over again keeps turning to me and going bro how are these things still standing yeah i mean how do they move those big stones you saw the the big stones at the bottom yeah. they're like monolithic they're as big as buildings these things are four five thousand years old and they look like they just were built yesterday kind except for the outer casings and so go ahead say it what's your theory it's alien technology <laughs> <laughs> Listen, evan, well wait. i wouldn't say aliens because what I'm who, who, aliens I'm talking about have been here oh boy. the whole time. Oh god. Okay, listen. This is not a new this thing, is Evan, right? Aliens. 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 Listen to me. Okay, this I came prepared, Evan, today because I knew we were going to get into this. I'm going to show you why the pyramids are still standing. It has nothing to do with magic or aliens. It has to do with their shape. Okay, so this is the Great Pyramid, and if you measure it, it's uh, at an angle of about 40 degrees. All right, and uh, that is known as the angle of repose. All right, and here's why. I actually built something here, Evan. I built this little ant farm yeah. thing. Oh, oh, very nice. Very nice. Oh, you like this? Guys. Oh, a little show and tell. Oh, okay. yeah. So yeah, you like this? You like yeah. this? So here's the deal. I've got some coarse sand here um, representing blocks of the pyramid. All right, Evan, don't look so suspicious. And if you take this coarse sand and you pour it into this chamber, See what's happening? Mm, kind of like an hourglass. Yeah. If you do this and you watch how the sand naturally piles up oh. inside the chamber, yeah. you're going to start to see a familiar shape. I'm impressed, Josh Gates. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Formed a pyramid okay. inside of it. Wow. wow. Look at that. Glass so you, piece. Now hold on. So now if you were to We're take pouring. a protractor, which luckily I have, and you were to measure the front of this, you would see that that pyramid is almost exactly 40 degrees. And that is the way that nature effectively wants it to be shaped. And that's one of the reasons it's lasted for so long, 
is because it's inherently a stable shape. And in fact, if you look at some of the early pyramids that were built, you can see that a lot of them, in fact, didn't last. Yeah, and you can see with with this one that it's much steeper than that 40 degree angle you're talking about, which is probably why it fell over. Exactly. And in fact, you can even see where engineers are trying to work it out. There's a famous pyramid known as the Bent Pyramid in a place called Dashur that's near Cairo. As you can see, it started really steep, and then about halfway up, the engineers changed the angle to this much more stable 40 degree angle. That is the angle of repose. That's why the pyramids are still standing. Evan? Aliens. <sighs> All right, while we re-rack this and do the experiment again for Evan, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to show you some Egyptian discoveries that are even more incredible. Why? Because we were on hand to document them, including an ancient Egyptian burial. It's not aliens. It's about the Belt. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, Miriam. Hey, Acércate, que hemos encontrado... Ah, we found a coffin. Yeah. Can we go down? Yes. Yeah, sure. Go, go, please. Oh, my God. We're on the coffin. Another discovery in Welcome Egypt. back. I'm with the EXU team and Egyptologist Dr. Kathleen Martinez as we unwrap the secrets of our two-part special on the great women of ancient Egypt. The country of Egypt is, of course, divided by the River Nile, and locals have been crossing in wooden felucca boats for centuries. In tonight's show, it seemed easy enough, but in reality, well, it's a little harder than it looks. We're off. Never televised this section of... Uh... And what the boat is going to move faster than this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in the middle. <laughs> Here Our we go. Started, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll Joe, stop in a minute. Are you from the Naval Academy? <laughs> this guy Keep is a Beluga captain. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but we're actually moving backwards now. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it took so long to get across that river. Joe, thank you for the tips, though. They really, they really helped. I do my best. Oh, God, it was so funny. The boat did finally get us across the Nile over to the western side, the Egyptian land of the dead. And it's there we visited the mortuary temple of one of the most powerful women of ancient Egypt, Hatshepsut. And, I, you know, I have to say, what really fascinated me in learning about Hatshepsut is really the roles of women in ancient Egypt were much different than I had kind of assumed. We tend to think, oh, the farther you go back in history, the less rights and the less agency women have. But in the case of Egypt, it seems actually almost a reversal. Yes, in ancient times, women can own property. They can sign contracts. They can get divorced. We have found information in papyrus of women having their own business and selling and buying without wow. permission of a man. Right. And, as we know from Hatshepsut, they could also be pharaoh. She still had to dress like a man, though. I mean, she still wasn't allowed to sort of dress as a woman and present herself as a woman. And she was sort of critiqued or taken seriously based on what she was wearing. And I think in a lot of ways, we're still dealing with that in modern times. A lot of women now in power positions are judged and critiqued on what they're wearing and how they're presenting themselves to the public. We don't do that often with men. Hardly ever. Right. And in the case of Hatshepsut, what we saw at her mortuary temple was not just the evidence of her great power, 
But the evidence that that power was erased from history by her stepson and her successor, Thutmose III. We saw how he chiseled the faces off her statues and destroyed her signature symbol known as a cartouche. But we want to show you something that you didn't get to see tonight in the show. To learn just how far Thutmose went to destroy Hatshepsut's legacy, we also took a trip to his funerary temple, where we met up with Spanish archaeologist Miriam Seco Alvarez to take a look at the site and a shocking discovery recently made there. Hi, how are you? Welcome to our site. Thank you so much. Incredible. Yeah. This is a huge operation. Even though this massive complex has always been credited to Thutmose III, Miriam has made an extraordinary find that might just rewrite history. This is a very interesting part of a column with a nice inscription. You can see in the middle the cartouche of Tutmosis III. But what is very interesting in this fragment is there was the cartouche of Hatshepsut in the middle and they chiseled and they changed to Tutmosis. Wow. So you've got Tutmos actually not just erasing her, but replacing her. Yes. So a really interesting find. You know, this, this temple that, that is meant to be associated with Hatshepsut's stepson, Tutmos III, is really a building that she probably created originally. So yet another huge construction project that her stepson is kind of pushing her out of the way and taking credit for. Kids, they're so ungrateful. Yeah, this guy, he's like the Kylo Ren of, of ancient <laughs> Egypt, this guy. Um, I mean, that's pretty evil. I mean, to erase, chisel everything out. Like stepmom. Stepmom, right. right. <laughs> stepmom. And, and you actually, do you know Miriam? Yes, I know her very well. She's incredible. And this discovery that I haven't heard about it yet, it's very important. And it really recontextualizes when this site was built and who built it, really. And Miriam was nice enough to actually let me get a little dirty and help excavate part of an ancient cemetery on the edge of the site. Wow. And that's when something really extraordinary happened. This is Expedition Unknown. Unknown to me too. First time I've seen this. Really breathing in history here. I'm letting him describe it because he knows more about it than I do. Then suddenly, there's a discovery. We just found Egyptology. Um, a coffin with a skeleton. You found a coffin? Yeah. Can we go down? Yeah, sure, sure. Go, go, please. Yes, absolutely. Is that hair? Yes. Is it human hair? Yes. That's amazing. The whole skull is there. I, it is very well preserved. It's complete. We carefully brush away the sand from the skeletal remains. Pretty soon we go from a party of two down here to a party of three. Look at this. It's amazing, isn't it? We know it's a woman. This is not this is not the burial of a queen. No. This is not royalty. This is a common person. Yes. Time period we're talking about the 11th dynasty. Yeah. So this woman was alive 4000 years ago. Yes, more or less. When you find a complete skeleton like this, it 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 no longer is just bones. It's like meeting a person. There's a sort of emotional connection. Yes, a person w that will give us information about that time. Right. 
is a really amazing it. moment yeah. uh, that I'm really glad we had a chance to show here tonight. It's not something that something you know happens every day. Other Filming this show, you always hope for these moments that you're going to be on site when real discovery happens, you know? And you can't plan that. When I was looking at that skeleton, it was so immaculately preserved. It, yeah. it almost looked like something from Disneyland. Right. You know, and so I had to remind myself that this was a real person. But truly an amazing find. And there's a lot more when we come back, including a live update via satellite from two Egyptologists half a world away and more never-before-seen finds. So stay tuned. You want to come and try your hand at sifting here? Yeah, for sure. Ooh, what wow. is that? That Man, is beautiful. <laughs> Eyes written on looks around as a name. Welcome back to our After the Hunt roundtable special on our expedition to Egypt. And speaking of special, we took a pretty swanky ride up the Nile to continue our investigation. We were headed to a place called Silsila, an ancient quarry also associated with the mighty Queen Hatshepsut and her nearly lost legacy. The couple investigating the site are Maria Nilsson and John Ward, and they gave us a lift on a Dahabia, a shallow-bottomed Egyptian houseboat. Take a look. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hi there, Josh. Hi, how are you? Hi. What's your name? Freya. Hi, Freya. Is this your office? At home. Everything in one. John and Maria may be able to manage a floating lab, home, and daycare. But for the next few days, they'll also need to babysit me and my crew as we take over their boat. Once the sun sets and night arrives on the Nile, archaeologists work on into the night. And in the ambience of ancient skeletons, I treat myself to an open bottle of wine. <clears throat> Egypt, not known for its Merlot. Below decks, we find our beds. And of course, I snag the only private stateroom. And I am officially in an Agatha Christie novel. Somebody on this boat is getting murdered. Don't tell my crew. I'm the murderer. Had on, well, nobody like got murdered. Indiana no. Jones. And when we first heard we were going to have to sleep in a boat for a few days, everybody was very nervous. Because we don't have the greatest track record for boats. Okay? <laughs> I, mean, I think it's we true. had every right to be a little nervous about that. Brian, you're going like full Green Goblin right now. And I'm trying not to vomit all over both of you. What's going on? We're having some engine trouble. We're going to have to leave you guys here, I think. This is where we park company. No, no, no. I know you've got room in there. <laughs> <laughs> Far from being uh, rough accommodations, I think it was Every my favorite had hotel had of the year. Of no, you didn't love it? Of the year? Wow. I loved this boat. I could have spent forever on this boat. You had your own room. I was going to say. Yeah, you did <laughs> have a stateroom. Oh, you guys yeah. weren't 50 to a bunk. We it wasn't that bad. Two. It was like, what, two to a room? Yeah. Two to a room. But it was very, very nice. <laughs> it was great, yeah. right? It was like a Bedouin village traveling down the Nile. It was you know? awesome. So actually, this kind of boat are exactly the, the ones the pharaoh used right. to go up the river. I felt like the pharaoh on board. Oh boy. I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> Great view. Great view. Great Best. View. Denial. And we are actually lucky enough to be joined now by our hospitable hosts from the Nile, archaeologists Maria Nilsson and her husband John Ward. Hello, guys. How are you? Hi, guys. Joining Hi. us from uh, joining us from where? It doesn't look like Egypt. Where are you? We are in Sweden. In Sweden. We're in Sweden. And you do not know Kathleen Martinez here, do you? No. Archaeologist. Meet archaeologist. I feel like I'm bringing explorers together here. Hello. How are you doing? 
Well, listen, we were just looking at a clip of our trip on the boat to Silsila, and I have to say, Silsila was so unique, and it's one of these places that I had never heard of, but it has to be the most impressive place I think I've ever seen in Egypt. We have this kind of industrial operation happening there, this, this quarrying of this rock, but we also saw temples and tombs. I mean, it kind of blew my mind. It really is an incredible sight. It is unique, and uh, we are humbled to be working there. Well, we were thrilled to be able to document some finds while we were at the site. And, and one of those that we didn't get to show you was a moment, John, where you invited me down into one of the trenches and I showed you what a skilled, and by skilled, I mean lucky, archaeologist I am. Here, take a look. Skilled hunter. Welcome to ST34. Thank you. Happy to be here. Collapsed tomb. Yeah, I'm Josh. Trisha, Pleasure. Nice to, meet nice to meet you as well. You want to come and try your hand at sifting here? Yeah, for sure. See what we find. Okay. So now you're just going, so this is coming from here. So you're going this down into this All coming from here. Right. I cleared out this whole corner and I'm working backwards towards you. Sure. And as you can see, I found the edge. Once yeah, it's yeah. all cleared, we'll go down. Bone already. Oh. Look at that. We've been finding a lot of bone. After helping Trisha sift through the rubble for what seemed like an eternity, I finally stumbled onto a 3,000-year-old surprise. Ooh. Nope, that's bone, too. What's that? Ooh. What wow. is that? That's beginner's luck, my friend. Oh! <laughs> that, that is beautiful. Is Trisha to say Look at that! <laughs> figures yeah <laughs> that's incredible scarab look at that so that would have been placed in the burial yeah yes absolutely arrow site and it looks i mean it looks perfect it looks like something you find at the tourist park right <laughs> i mean it really does but you found it right here in st34 wow well done Thank you. Well, I, you know, I got this. You can take a break. I guess I'll just, I guess I'm, I'm I guess I'm hired. You can give it to me. Right, right, right. I don't know. It's just finder's keepers, I believe, is how this works. Yeah, is that how it works? No, 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 no. No, no, I think that one's mine. That's beautiful. My tomb. Look at that. Guys, thank God I was there. I'm just that good, John. Actually, we've got some really exciting news for you. Since leaving site, we've been able to actually do some further research on that very scarab that you discovered in the sift. And Maria, what do you? Well, it fits right into your period. It does. It's Moses the third, so it's the stepson of Hatshepsut. Oh, amazing! That's incredible. So it's actually from that period. Yeah, it is. It goes together with seven others that we found after you left. <laughs> hey, come on, come on. Let's just, just try to keep this special. The only one you found was the one that I found. This is an expedition on your special. They're actually around the wrist in a bracelet form. So they were actually Egyptian wearing artifacts. Wow, this wasn't something that was uh, archaeologists. placed inside. It was quite small. Incredible. So the, the, the two ones that we had, one had four around his left wrist and the other one had three around his left wrist. You know, one of the other things that really impressed me about Silsila is when we think of a site like that, we picture just endless slaves hauling these rocks out of the quarry. But in fact, you've discovered that it's a bit more complex than that. Most definitely. I mean, when you think about the quarries throughout the whole of ancient Egypt, you always think of the slaves, you think of the Ten Commandments, you think of Moses. And that's not exactly what we have at Silsila. We don't have the evidence for slavery. We have this huge workforce, and the tombs that we've been excavating show signs that these workers were looked after. Mm. They, were, they were a commodity. 
astounding. Thank God I was there, John. Lucky find, I know, it was a lucky find. How many tombs have you found here? 69 so far. Well, after the break, you'll see that my volunteer services at John and Maria's site also included the role of guinea pig, as John invited, or forced me, to crawl into a very small and possibly snake-infested tomb. Stay tuned. A little bit of a tight fit. Oh, oh man. <laughs> deep into our post-game show on our Egyptian expedition. And you can join the conversation on social at Travel Channel's official Facebook and Twitter pages. You can also find me on Twitter at Joshua Gates. Just tag your posts with Expedition Unknown. We're joined by archaeologists John Ward and Maria Nilsson live from Sweden. Uh, they have been excavating the ancient quarry of Silsila, a site that they've now been able to date to the reign of the great female pharaoh Hatshepsut. Well, why is she such a remarkable ruler? She's she done everything that guys. a pharaoh wanted to achieve in life. She built more monuments like than anyone before, almost. You have this increase in building activity. You have expeditions everywhere throughout Egypt. You have monuments showing her legacy and her right to the throne. And as you saw yourself, Josh, on site, the Hatshepsut was more than just a name, it's more than just a pharaoh. She has actually achieved immortality, and you are part of that now, Josh. You, you actually found that. Silsila was so unique, and John was nice enough to show me some of the tombs that they've been excavating, and um, one of the tombs that they haven't yet excavated. John, why don't you explain what happened next? We needed a guinea pig to investigate a possible snake-infested tomb that I definitely wasn't going to go in first. Right. And it was like trying to put a square peg into a round hole. Um, it was but, a very you know, small opening to that tomb, John. <laughs> John, I'm, I'm happy that you're being honest. You basically forced me into a tomb that uh, you were too frightened to go into. I think that uh, you've, you've said it clearly. I, I wouldn't use the word frightened. I would say I was being sensible. There we go. The truth is out. Okay, well, here's a look at me barely fitting into an unexcavated and potentially dangerous tomb. How many tombs have you found here? 69 so far. Okay, great. So give me the nickel tour. So all around here, we've got different tombs. And you've explored all these? All of these we've opened and we've excavated. Uh-huh. Now this one, we're going to go into this season. We've prepared, we've cut the grass, but we haven't gone in yet. This is tomb 17. So this is an unexplored tomb? Unexplored. Cool. So you go first. <laughs> no. Why not? You, what? I don't know Come what's on. in there. No, most, nor do I. That's why you want me to go first. Well, yeah. How often do you find snakes in these things? 99% uh, of the time. Come on. <laughs> Only one way to really check it out, I guess. Be nice, don't you? Yeah, okay, I'll be back shortly, everybody. I'm not sure I can fit in this thing, John. Okay. He's a nut. A little bit of a tight fit. Oh, man. Okay, I'm in. What you got, Josh? Uh, definitely a bit roomier in here than the entrance. There is definitely a second chamber off to my right. There's a square cut door there. You can see that it goes over to, it looks like even a larger chamber. This is amazing. It's awesome. This is awesome. So do you think underneath me right now there could be the remains of people? Most definitely. 
100%. If we dig down, probably be about six feet, we could have 20 or so people, actually the remains of, in this tomb. This is awesome. Really awesome. All right. That was cool, man. Well, really cool. Unexplored tomb. Check. I thought I looked pretty graceful getting into that tomb, no? <laughs> Usually I would, I would have recommended that you, uh, you lubed up or put some Vaseline on to actually have got out of there, but, you know, you got out of here. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. It cost me uh, a perfectly good shirt and my dignity, that's but I made it out. <laughs> no, I have to this say, though, hilarious. that experience of going into a place like that that hasn't been fully excavated, kind of into the unknown, that's really what this show is about. And I was freaked out to go in there. I mean, I really was. I didn't know what was what was in there. You got, kind of got a feeling for what is everyday life for us. Discovering tombs is not all Indiana Jones. There is a serious component to it. But at the end of the day, the experience is absolutely jaw-dropping. It is awesome. Just after you left, we did have some other amazing experiences that included undiscovered, uh, previously unopened tombs. Uh, we're just going out with a press release with that, actually. Yeah, I just saw it in the news. Congratulations. Thank you. So, so tell me a little bit about this. What did you find? Well, they were all children under the age of 10. We had four intact burials. Wow. Two of them were intact with burial goods, including these scarabs and pottery and some bronze jewelry. We can't tell at the moment, maybe never, why the children died, because it's very difficult to establish cause of death. So we just used the, the completeness of these burials to try to learn as much as possible about the community and the people of Susilla. Amazing stuff. Well, congratulations. That's, that's a really awesome find. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for inviting us to be a part of your excavation there for a few days and for letting us run riot all over your boat. Uh, it was such an honor to work with you guys, and uh, I can't wait to come back and see what you dig up next. All the best. Have a good I love those two. When we come back, we're going to give you a sneak peek into what happened in the Cairo Museum. And we're going to answer the big question, what's inside the box? Explain right the after box. this. You guys Explain ready? Box, Here we go. Expedition Unknown Headquarters, and you may notice we have a new special guest with us. This is Devin from HTS3D, and you're going to find out what Devin's company does and why he's here in just a moment. You know, one of the themes that stems throughout Egyptian history is religious upheaval. In 2011, the world witnessed the Arab Spring, followed by a series of struggles between religious factions for dominance of the country. But this has been going on for thousands of years. One of the most radical upheavals took place more than 3,000 years ago, when the so-called heretic pharaoh Akhenaten and his wife Nefertiti replaced the well-known and well-loved Egyptian gods with a single sun god. And as you can imagine, this was a hugely controversial move. And the question of Nefertiti's identity has become a mystery for the ages. And that brings us back to the Egyptian museum and the mummy that could turn out to be her. Well, it took a lot of negotiation to get permission to do it, but at the end of the episode, you saw the fruits of our labor. Access to lift the glass and examine the body. Now, for the very first time, here's a look at what happened next. What happened next? Here we go. I'm thinking this is Nefertiti.
unbelievable. Yeah, because it's here properly for the first time. Well, let's see if we can figure out who she is. Absolutely, yeah. Ready? Let's go. Oh, they're not sure if it's in Netflix. This is known as an Artex Spider, okay. and this is a very advanced piece of 3D imaging kit. This thing will take hundreds and hundreds of images. Okay, Aiden, so you're just going to tap record there. Okay, okay. And away Down. we go. So the idea here is to really just paint the mummy with light, going over it in an even arc. I have to say that was probably like the most stressful 30 minutes of my life. They were more nervous than we were. For sure. I mean, they were watching us like hawks. And and you mess up there, forget it. You're going to jail. It's okay. I think so. Yeah. Right? Like, no mistakes. Yeah. And obviously the centerpiece of this scene is this really incredible gizmo uh, that I'm holding in my hands. Let's talk about this thing. This is where Devin comes in. Devin, your company supplied this device to us in a nutshell. How does it work? What does it do? The uh, device captures images and stitches them together to create a hyper-detailed 3D model of this thing that you're scanning. This is really cutting-edge stuff. W what was the original application for this? This was originally created for the International Space Station. The original idea was to scan items on Earth, send this data to space for them to 3D print it. Right, so if they need a spare part or something, instead of launching a rocket, you just print it up in space. Yes, sir. That's Star Trek. That's like when Picard gets his tea out of the, out of the thing. It just 3D prints a cup of tea. <laughs> okay, so rather than actually try to understand exactly how it all works, let's just see what it does. Devin here's agreed to do a quick scan of my head. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. Okay, let's do this. Come on. I figure if I did this to a mummy, I should experience it myself. Devin, how much is this supposed to hurt? Not at all. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. All right, I'm ready. Ready? Should I hold still? Absolutely still. Okay. Devin, I feel a burning sensation. Is that normal? I'm just kidding. So what are you what are you doing right now, Devin? I am um, taking the scan data of his head, and it's doing live scanning as we speak. It's a big head. It's very big. <laughs> Shut up, both of you. Is each flicker a separate <laughs> photograph? Uh, each flash is a frame. So now you're picking up the beard, you know, his ears. His handsome bone structure. Okay, that should be enough. Okay, it's over. It's over. Wait a minute, who are you people? Where am I? <laughs> total, total men in black experience. Would you like to see the results? Yes, I want to see it. What's it look like? Oh, oh wow. This is amazing. It really looks like you. I was hoping I'd look more like Brad Pitt, but it looks awesome. In, in literally just a matter of moments, you're able to put together this really accurate, handsome, is the word I would use, 3D <laughs> image of me. And now we can send that data up to the space station. And they can print my head in space. And you are an astronaut. Unbelievable. This is the ultimate selfie. I really appreciate this, Devin. <laughs> You've got my Christmas gifts all sewn up for next year. You're all going to be getting a custom Josh bobblehead. And, and maybe it has a string on the back. You pull it and it says, like, oh, my God, look at this. Look at this. Over here. <laughs> oh, my God. What What's is that? that? What's I found that? something. <laughs> okay, so that's me. But what does the scan of the mummy look like? When we come back, we'll show you and reveal what happens when you take that scan to a cutting-edge 3D printer. Welcome back, everybody. Well, the big moment, what's inside the box? We were able to perform a full 3D scan of the mummy in the Cairo Museum that many believe could be Nefertiti. Okay, and then the back. The data from that scan was then sent to a cutting-edge 3D printing facility in Colorado. And here are the results. You guys ready? All set. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yep. Here we go. Uh... That's what's in the box, huh? 
I was wow. waiting for this moment. <laughs> wow. Look at this. <laughs> it's perfect. Exactly this is like it. Wow. an exact replica of the mummy from the Cairo Museum. Wow. Not only is this a perfect replica, the exact same dimensions, but in the museum, the mummy with the damaged jaw actually has gauze wrapping wow. stuffed into its yeah. mouth, and the scan was able to see that and print it as well. It's really wow. incredible. It really incredible. is incredible. And you can see really three, clearly three here scans. just how wow. damaged the skull really is. You can yeah. see all of this damage to the lower and part of the upper jaw, and this really extensive damage to the skull, which might have been done by Tomb Raiders when they found the mummy. Kathleen, what do you make of this? It's a great. This is a dream for an Egyptologist. <laughs> I think what is important here is not if it is or isn't Nefertiti. What is important is that she is the mother of King Tut. Right. Great job. Thank you very much. I'd love to be able to take credit for it, but I think in some ways the real hero here is the technology. To make this perfect physical duplicate, you know, it seems impossible. It's amazing. It's, it is. It's incredible. This is as close as we can come to actually holding Brian, the mummified remains of King Tut's mother. Right. Well, this skull Direct may be impressive, but it is just Josh the first the step in our experiment. In the, the mummified head is intact enough for experts to reconstruct what this woman would have looked like in life. One of the world's foremost facial reconstruction artists is at this very moment working with forensic specialists in France to reveal the true face of this mummy. And this is true as of this taping, we don't yet know the results. I'm getting on a plane to Paris along with our expert Aidan Dodson to see if the reconstruction will match the ancient depictions of Nefertiti. If it does, we may be revealing the face of one of history's greatest women. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday night at 9, 8 central for part two of our Egyptian adventure, when we'll also be kicking off our quest for Cleopatra with Kathleen, an expedition with its own incredible discoveries. And then, immediately following, I'll host another roundtable discussion. Now, here's a sneak peek at part two of Expedition Unknown in Egypt. Next on Expedition Unknown. I dive into the Mediterranean to find the legendary Cleopatra. Incredible! Look at that! And the Queen of the Nile's tomb may finally be within our grasp. That's a skull. That's a human skull. Oh my word. Then, we reveal the results of our groundbreaking experiment. Let's see if we can figure out who she is. When this mummy rises from the land of the dead, will we see the face of Queen Nefertiti? One, two, three. Oh, wow. God. That's how they surprise it. They don't have part two. Well, there you have it. Uh, Egyptology to its uh, max. Um, till we meet again, sleep tight.